Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Happy New Year, everyone, to all of my listeners in the United States and around the world. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's to my friends in Kazakhstan. I know what a big holiday uh, New Year's is for you, so uh, I, I hope you had a great holiday as you celebrated the New Year. I am so excited because here we are kicking off 2020. How is this possible? You know I have been on this show for over a decade, this radio show. I mean, it is amazing how fast time goes, but I just want to tell you, we have great listeners, we have great sponsors, um, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you that follow this show the way you do. And this year, my charge to you is get other people on board. Do you know why? This is a great year for us. 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act this year. So we are going to be on fire the entire year talking about that and having people on the show to talk about uh, the ADA and signing of the ADA. And what you're going to do to help me is spread the news, spread the word, get other people uh, listening to the show. And if you cannot listen live, you can listen from Apple, Spotify, go to my website, go to Voice America, but you can go and subscribe to this radio show, which I would encourage you to do that. And I mentioned sponsors. I have to thank uh, Highmark for being a sponsor all these years. What a great company they are. And I want to thank all the countries outside of the United States that listen to the show. I don't care if it's one person, it means so much. Thank you, thank you. And here we go, first show, Yoshiko. Yoshiko Dart, a special shout out to you. This is your year, Yoshiko. This is the 30th anniversary of the signing of the ADA, and I know what you and Justin did to help make this happen, so it's going to be really special for us. But right now, I want to tell you about our guest, Michael. Michael, is it pronounced Kiel or Kyle? It's pronounced Kiel. Kiel. Michael Kiel. Yeah, you wonder why I do that? I hate when people don't ask, and they'll go through a whole radio show or TV segment, and there they are mispronouncing the name. So Michael is the author of Challenge the Moment and a Disability Advocate, and we are excited to have him on the show. As I said, here we are kicking off 2020 and the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So, Michael, how about if we start, Michael Kiel, by you sharing with our listeners how you first became a person living with a disability? Uh, Well, it's a a pretty good story as to how anyone can become disabled at any given time. Um, I was 19 years old. I was a sophomore at college, and I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. I got into an argument with a guy at about 4 o'clock in the morning outside of a convenience store, and he pulled out a gun and shot me point blank in the side of the neck. So I've got a spinal cord injury at C345, which is um, complete and means I can't move or feel anywhere below about my collarbone or as far as reach, as far down as I can reach my chin. Oh, my God, that is horrible. You know, I have met so many people with disabilities as a result uh, of being shot by a gun, some type of accident with a gun. Uh, And, and, you know, that is so horrifying. It really is. Did you know this person? No, I I, I didn't. I come from a pretty small town. Um, And the the, uh, neighboring city where I went to college isn't that big of a city. So it's, you know... It's kind of surprising that, well, not surprising you don't know everyone, but you know, I, it was just a random person. So 
You're at a, that is what makes it more unbelievable. You're at a convenience store. You walked out. There's a stranger there. You get into an argument with him, uh, and he pulls out a gun and shoots you. Yep. Yep. Now that's it. That's it. That's the reason. Yep. That's, that's how I got my spinal cord injury. And what happened to that person? Uh, he turned himself in later. I think it was later that day or the following day. Um, and he, he got tried and convicted of um, several counts. But I believe he got somewhere around seven and a half to 27 years in jail. Well, you know, for those of you listening to the show, something that Michael said earlier I want to talk about for a moment. And that is, I call people the temporarily able-bodied. I always tell people, you could join my group at any time. You know, I'm a woman living with epilepsy. My epilepsy was misdiagnosed. And one evening, um, I went to a movie theater, and I went to get a soda, and I had a seizure, and I hit the floor so hard, I fractured my skull, had an intracranial brain hemorrhage, and ended up having life-saving brain surgery. And when I came to an intensive care and I had now lost 70% of my hearing in my right ear because I hit my fracture, my skull to the extent that it dislodged the bones in my right inner ear, I find out I'm on anti-epilepsy medication and the fainting spells that I used to have stopped. In other words, I always had epilepsy, but you know. Go to a here we go. Michael went to a convenience store and he leaves as a person with quadriplegia. I go to a movie and I leave the theater in an ambulance where they didn't think I was going to live because I had a subdural hematoma. And the realization now that I have epilepsy and a hearing loss in a moment, things can change in your life. And I always tell people, do not let it take that for you to realize that there are people with disabilities who want to work and who can work and who are of value. William Wilberforce used to talk about, um, you can look the other way, but you can no longer say that you did not know. And, of course, he was an abolitionist for slavery in England. But the point is, a lot of people do look the other way when it comes to people with disabilities and the high unemployment. But, you know, when you know, you've got to do something about it. It's something to help all of us. But just as Michael said, things can change overnight, uh, it just, in the, just in a few moments. And then you, too, will be part of our group. Michael, I know that is a may. I know so many people that, you know, of a diving accident or car accident uh, became a person living with quadriplegia. And the big issue with them was, you know, that you have to accept this from the beginning. How hard was that for you? How hard was it when you uh, found out in the hospital that, you know, you, you now would have quadriplegia well I, I i always look at that as two 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 different types of uh questions to a two-part answer because when i woke up i was pissed at the guy that shot me i mean i wanted to kill him i was i was just so full of hate and anger i just i wanted to burn the world around me down it was uh, it just consumed me um that i got over and through relatively quickly I, you know it was i was still in the hospital and that, that sort of faded and, and, and it, was, it was like a light switch that flicked off and, and I went through the whole, the whole grieving process, anger and denial and grief. Uh, and each one of those was like a light switch that, you know, that, that light bulb coming on and it was a, a dawning epiphany moment. Um, uh, getting to the point where I, I accepted being in a wheelchair as part of my identification and having water <laughs> quadriplegic as being who I was, that happens uh, slower over time. And, and I think it happened because I was doing things more and I, I, was, I was living a life that, 
entailed doing things as a quadriplegic. I was the guy that, uh, when I was going back to college, four fraternity guys, I had to pop out of the house, each grab a corner and carry the chair down in the, down in the basement to where the party was every weekend. So that was part of my life, but it was, and it was looked at as an adventure instead of, uh, oh, okay, what, are we, what, what problems are here? There's no problem, it's an adventure. It's something that's going to be interesting. It's either a good story or a good time or both. Yeah, well, that is unusual. Good, that's good. But, you know, that's really hard for some people to accept. Um, And, you know, I always encourage people, talk to other people. But remember, you know, disability does not define you. Uh, It's just part of you now. But I want to ask you, what helped you? You know, what helped you accept this? What was it? Because... As I said earlier, there are many people, they want to die. They want, you know, they want someone to assist with suicide. They can't seem to um, ever deal with this, but you did. So what would you say helped you? Why were you I, able to? I, I, I didn't skip over that in my book. I talked about hitting that point um, uh, about wanting to die. When I was, after I was uh, really upset with, um, uh, I, was, I was wanting to kill the guy, I went from anger to, to, to grief, and I was just part uh, I wanted to die in the hospital too. But I think the more I did, once I got home and um, and I, I embraced my my family, my friends, I saw how much they were coming around and supporting me, and, and how much there was still to do. But I found the more the more I kept myself busy, the more things I found to go out and and be active and do, the less I thought and I worried about you know what ifs, the more I looked at how can I, if that makes any sense. Right, right. Well, you know, some people have family and friends that help. Some people don't, but I can tell that your family and friends were very supportive of you. I was, I was extremely, and I am still extremely lucky. I, I, um, I've got a really great circle of family, friends, coworkers, uh, everyone that just are, are uh, propel me forward. Well, that's wonderful. So you were uh, in rehabilitation at the Shepherd Center, uh, which I'm very familiar with. When you were there, did you know Mark Johnson? Was he there at the time? I, I'm not sure if he was there at the time or not, but I, I don't think I met him. If I did, it may have been rather brief because that name doesn't jump out to me. Um, well, he's a huge disability advocate. I think he just left there uh, not that long ago. But what for you, what was your experience like at the uh, center? Well, that was absolutely amazing. I mean, the people there were so good at what they did and so good at, at, uh, um, at showcasing that there is a life ahead and there are things to do and, and there are obstacles, but this is, you know, show, uh, and showing how to get around those obstacles and and that sometimes you've got to get creative, and sometimes you've got to uh, think outside the box. But there was a, there was a lot of really good, um, um, really good things they did for you, from everything from physical restoration and physical therapy type stuff to occupational uh, therapy to, to assistive technology to uh, looking at recreational, their recreation type stuff that. Uh, I was going to have to redefine because I couldn't play rugby anymore. I couldn't run or lift weights. But there's a whole lot of stuff I can still do for fun. They, they did such an amazing job. I, I can't thank them enough. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah. You know, when you were saying about teaching you how to think outside the box, uh, as all my listeners know, at Bender Consulting Services, I'm the CEO and founder of Bender Consulting Services, where we focus on the competitive employment of people with disabilities in corporate America and with the public sector in like IT, finance, accounting, engineering, uh, in addition to the fact that we work in digital accessibility and have a software training product, but focusing on for a moment the heart and soul of the company, which is employment. I always tell people, when you hire someone with a disability, they already have traits you're looking for, such as thinking outside the box. Because 
you know, whether it's me or you or people with other types of disabilities, that's what it's like a lot of times. How do I get there? How do I do this? Um, and, and you just have to get creative and figure out how to do that. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely, 100%. Because a lot of obstacles that people with disabilities run into are unique to their own life and their lifestyle and their, uh, their environment. So they've got to solve unique problems uh, on a daily basis. That becomes a really valuable skill set. Absolutely. Something people look for. Well, for all of our listeners, Michael, what are you doing now? What, what, what are you currently doing? Well, I've, I've got a, a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in rehab counseling. So I'm, I'm working as a rehab specialist through the University of Pittsburgh's School of Health and Rehab Science. So that, that has me at the Hiram Andrews Center in, in Pennsylvania, working with people on vocational goals, on on different training programs and, and figure out ways to get a job and, and jump in the pool and, and start doing some heavy lifting with everyone else. So you work with Rory Cooper then? Uh, I have. I, I've, I've run into Rory here and there. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. That he is awesome. He is world renowned and they have such a great center. So you mean you work from Pittsburgh on the with the Hiram G. Andrum Center, uh, you know, via Skype or whatever it is you're doing, or do you work on site at the Hiram G. Andrews Center? I'm on site at the Hiram G. Andrews Center. I, I, oh, yeah. uh, I get involved in the, like, uh, there are two main uh, areas that the, the University of Pittsburgh has, has built up at, at the center. It's their Cognitive Skills Enhancement Program and their Center for System and Rehab Technology which is modeled after uh, the CAT program that Rory is a little bit involved with or was at some point. But uh, one is working on um, strategies and the other is working on using tools. So I'm here, here working with students to define each of those. What's, a, what's a, a unique way to do something if it's not working right and what's a good tool to use if you, you can't do it well. Yeah, and at the Hiram G. Andrews Center, what do they? Uh, what are the studies? What, what programs do they have for students with disabilities? There's there's a pretty wide variety, ranging from diploma programs like materials management uh, um, to uh, associate degree programs like drafting and culinary. Um, there's automotive. There's an automotive program. There are two new welding programs. Uh, um, they're looking at developing a CVS pharmacy tech program. There's quite a wide array of uh, programs, uh, administrative assistant, medical office, um, dental lab, networking and telecommunications. There's, there's quite a few really good opportunities. And this is all for people with disabilities? Well, I don't know. They're, they're, it's more than open to people without. So they're, they're welcome to come. There's, actually, there's uh, quite a few people that, that don't have disabilities working at one of the welding programs. How about that? Uh, well, what exactly do you do there? Well, I, I like to tell people that I get bored easy and I'm amused easy, so I try to take part in a whole lot. It, it's a comprehensive center, so I like to get involved with, with, as much as I can. I work in the education department providing cognitive support to, uh, to students that might need it. I work in our assistive technology to try to brainstorm what tools might be, might be best um, I work in some advocacy aspects. I do some outreach, like an annual barrier awareness event. I work on social skills and life skills sometimes. Wow, you do a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm very familiar with them, and they've come a long way from when I went there over like 30 years ago. I mean, they really have come a long way since then. But I know that uh, Governor Ridge was involved. I know that Governor Ridge went there one time when I was there. So uh, one of our employees that we have hired at Bender went to the Hiram G. Andrews Center. So I'm very familiar with the school. Uh, but one yeah, of the it's reasons definitely involved I, quite a bit over over the we just celebrated its uh, 60th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, well, you've come a long way, I'll tell you that. Uh, so, Michael, one of the re reasons I wanted to have you on was to talk about your book. 
Um, so Challenge the Moment is the name of the book. When did this come out, Michael? Uh, just this past August. This past August. And what caused you to write the book? Uh, well, a bunch of punk in the needling from my friends and family that like the way I write, uh, to be honest. But um, I started writing early on after I got hurt as a, as a way to cope with all kinds of different things. And originally, it was not even things that made sense. It was just, you know, sometimes I called it puke on a page. It just was to get what's inside out and, and move on. So, but after a little while, it turned into things that uh, were like little stories or uh, a poem here and there. And then I started to write more and more and more, and then it started to, to blend together. So people started telling me I should put it all together in a book, and uh, it just ended up being my life story. And you got this published, and where can people purchase the book now? On Amazon. It's available in Kindle and paperback on Amazon. Okay. And how has it been going? How have sales been going for you? Well, pretty good. I, I've got a lot of reviews. I, I've got like, uh, like 76 people have given it, 75 people have given it a five-star rating, and one person gave it a three-star rating. And there's like 67 I think actual reviews where people are commenting and, and talking about it, and I, I got to tell you, I'm floored and humbled at, at how all the nice things people said about it. Well, okay, so Challenge the Moment is available at Amazon. The author is Michael Kiel, K-I-E-L, and Michael, what is the main, um, shall I say, point or theme that you try to get across in your moment, in, in your book? Um, I think that perspective is important, um, that humor can save anything and everything, um, and that there's always more ahead, and there's, a, there's a, uh, uh, great things to be experienced, even though some bad things have to coincide with it, but life's a journey up and down, and roller coaster roads, and twists and turns, and but if, if you didn't experience some of the bad, you'd never realize just how precious all the good is. Right. Yep. Well, I am so excited to say it is on the half hour soon, but we're going to go right now. We're going to start right now. It is time for our news break, Advocacy Matters. Hello, Perry Jude. How are you? Joyce, Happy New Year. I am fine, and uh, we are so excited about the new oh, year. Oh, we are too. I am too. Uh, and Happy New Year, and it is just wonderful. You've been such a part of the success of this show, Perry, and everyone tells me how they look forward to this news break. I do have one news break. How about that we have a friend that's going to be in our organization, Andy Imperato. I am so excited about that. We are thrilled that Andy is going to be running Disability Rights California. Joyce, that is the biggest disability rights organization in the country, and we are so excited Andy will be in charge. I am too. And for those of you that do not know, I'm sure you know Andy Imperato was the CEO of AUCD, but is world known internationally for his advocacy in many areas, including people with uh, psychiatric disabilities. Andy talks all the time about living with bipolar disorder. But in addition to that, he's done so much with Senator Harkin throughout his career and a very good friend of mine, and I am honored to be on the board of uh, Disability Rights Pennsylvania, and I am telling you, Perry, being that this year's the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act signing, we are going to really rock it this year. Uh, we are, and I've already been on the phone uh, with some of my peers uh, wondering how much space to give Andy before we pull him into our policy work. 
Yeah, I know. It's so great. I was so, when he told me, I said, Andy, now you're part of the organization I'm part of. But I am so thrilled. I am so happy he will do so much for us. But Perry, uh, you are like a just a such a great leader, and I'm so thrilled to have you on uh, every week with our uh, news break. So take it away. Take it away as well, we start you, off the new year. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and, and thank you so much for all you do. But, Joyce, what a difference, uh, really, uh, four years ago. Who would think we would have so much happening for voting with people with disabilities? And we really have AAPD and NICL and uh, the RevUp campaign and so many local and national organizations to thank for all of the information we have today. And... We were supposed to have a presidential forum on disability issues, which was scheduled for next week, January 13th in Austin, Texas, and it had to be postponed. But we're not concerned about that, and we know a new date hasn't been announced yet, uh, but they're working on it, uh, and we'll get a new date for this presidential forum on disability issues. The event was a collaborative effort between the American Association of People with Disabilities the National Council on Independent Living, and both organizations are going to continue to work with campaigns and with other partners to get that event rescheduled. Now, no one's worried about that because, uh, you know, there's so much else going on, and the event had to be rescheduled. You can go to our website at disabilityrightspa.org and read the press release from AAPD and NICL uh, regarding the postponement because... uh, There's a presidential debate the next day. Senators may need to be called back at any time for impeachment hearings, and so much other stuff is going on in D.C. right now. So we're not worried about it. But in the meantime, AAPD's RevUp campaign has presidential candidate surveys that are posted on their website. And if you want a link to AAPD's website, if you don't already have a bookmarked, and you should, go to disabilityrightspa.org and and find that, uh, find that link and check out the Democratic responses and Republican responses or lack thereof to the surveys. Everybody's getting an equal chance to fill out the uh, disability rights uh, surveys and, uh, and check to see who's filled out the surveys and what their responses are to the disability community this year before, uh, before you go and vote this year. And today, Crypt the Vote ha- held a Twitter town hall candidate chat with Senator Elizabeth Warren. That just ended about 15, 20 minutes ago. And organizers asked Senator Warren six questions. So CryptoVote will have a recap of that Twitter chat. Again, you can go to our website and and find the link uh, to that uh, blog spot where you can get all of that information. Or you go to hashtag CryptoVote on Twitter where you can get all of that information. They're also going to host a live chat on Twitter for the next Democratic primary debate on January 14th at that same hashtag CryptoVote website. So you want to check that out. Joyce, this is why I'm saying there's so much going on for people with disabilities. We're so grateful for all of the organizers and everything that's going on. So at Advocacy Matters, we want to again thank AAPD, Nickel, CryptoVote, and so many others who have access to all of this information, sharing it with all of us about the candidates more than ever before. So let's keep this momentum going. Show up for the forums. Show up for the Twitter chats. Participate. Participate in your local forum events. And remember, advocacy matters. Advocacy does matter. You've got to vote, everyone. You've got to vote, and you've got to be informed. Uh, Perry, the website, our website. Yes, disabilityrightspa.org, and you have to show up and you have to vote. That's right. And you know what? Um, We are doing so much, and Perry is doing so much and her staff to really fight the fight for people with disabilities. So I would ask you to make a donation I always tell people there isn't a too small of a donation. Everything matters, but 
We're there on the front lines. Perry's on the front lines fighting the fight for people with disabilities. And all of this getting the attention of presidential candidates. And it's amazing. Why would we not when we are the largest voting block? But that is going to make a huge difference in your life. Uh, And Perry, thank you so much. Thank you for calling in. And we will look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Joyce. Such a great person and so informative. I love I love doing that. I love doing that. Um, we do that every show, Michael, because we want to keep, you know, it's sort of like our CNN news break. We want to keep all of our uh, listeners up to date on what's going on news wise in the country because, you know, sometimes people don't have that place they can go to get that information. Um, so that's what we do. Uh, and this year, as I just mentioned, is the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, which is so awesome uh, that we'll have that celebration. Michael, how about you? What What are your hopes as we celebrate? Uh, for the 30th anniversary, I, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I think my, my hope for this year is that more people understand it to its fullest extent, that the businesses and employers understand that it's not a recommendation or a suggestion. It's the law. It's civil rights law. It's, it's you need to provide an equal opportunity. And for individuals to understand it's out there and give them a fair shot that says, hey, you, you can jump in. You can jump in and start doing some heavy lifting. And, and that both sides understand that that doesn't mean a free pass. An accommodation or a, 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 a doing things a different way doesn't mean it's a, a freebie or a free pass. It means the ADA says, actually, I always say that it screams, there's a problem here. There's an obstacle here. That means we've got to roll up our sleeves and do some, some creative problem solving to eliminate a barrier to get, to get a job done. So hopefully yeah. that, that kind of stuff happens this year. More so to, to create more jobs and jobs and even some more jobs. And that's oh, my you opinion of jobs yeah. is a great equalizer. If you can ask someone taking part in the heavy lifting, feeling like not only they can but they are relied upon in our culture, then, then they're 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 doing the heavy lifting just like everyone else. They reap the benefits and they're held accountable, which is a it's a great kind of stress to have. Michael, you are singing my song because here we are, 2020, 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and 70% of people with disabilities are still not counted in the workforce. You've got to be kidding. How can that be possible that people with disabilities have double the unemployment rate? those without disabilities. And I'm going to tell you why. It's stigma. It's lack of understanding. You know, as you can see, Michael's an author. Having quadriplegia did not prevent him from writing a book. You know, having a wheelchair does not stop you from being an engineer or or if you are blind or deaf or have epilepsy or whatever the disability is. But we need to see this change. We need to see more people with disabilities gain employment because without employment, you are never, ever, ever free in this country. You can't buy a car. You can't go on vacation. You just can't live that American dream. And remember what I said before? If you know it, do something about this. Don't look the other way. Talk to people, tell people about, talk about employment, you know, uh, stand behind young people with disabilities, talk to business people. You know, we need all the support we can get and all the advocates we can get. And Michael, I'm sure, isn't it shocking to you also that we still have this high unemployment? Oh, it it makes no sense to me. It it, it makes absolutely none. Um, but it's an easy argument or discussion to, to persuade people when you're talking to them one-on-one because it, it's, it's simple. It's a simple, everyone's got strengths and weaknesses. Everyone. 
I don't care if you've got a diagnosis or not. You've got, you've got things you're good at and things you're not very good at. The things you're not very good at pop up obstacles. What do you do to get around those obstacles? Sometimes it's technology. Sometimes it's a strategy. Sometimes it's writing things down or slowing down. Sometimes it's uh, using a cell phone to remember appointments. Whatever it is, it's, it's creative problem solving, but everyone does it. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. And you know what, uh, Michael? I have so many people that have given up. And possibly when you were talking about your book, about challenge the moment, you know, you can't give up. You just cannot give up. You have to keep going out there, applying for jobs, looking for jobs, networking, getting involved in disability groups, but you cannot give up because, as I said, you won't be free in this country until you have employment. You won't have dignity and respect until you have employment. So uh, Michael, I, I, I yes. It's really faded now, but it's a little cartoon that someone, actually it was my aunt, put up on my hospital wall when I was first injured 27 years ago. I still have it on my closet door now, but it's that cartoon drawing of the, uh, the pelican trying to swallow a frog, and the frog is choking the pelican so he can't, can't complete the job. And it just says underneath it, never give up. Yeah, right. Never give up. That is so true. Yeah, that is so true because success can always be right around the corner. Uh, You know, but people with disabilities, we're tough. Remember that. We're tough. You know, we we can. We can make, uh, we, we can hang in there. We can make things happen. So, Michael, how about young people? We have a lot of young people that listen to the show for someone, for example, there's someone that lives right up the road from me that had an accident at school and is now living with quadriplegia. What advice do you have for a young person and this just happened? I would say that there's, there's no one way. There's no right way forward, but there's always a way forward. There's no, there's no cut mold or you know, blueprint that says you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But you just have to go forward. You create, get creative and make your own way, but just keep slow, baby steps. Just keep trying to move forward. Um, when I was in Shepherd, this is actually where the, the title of the book came from. When I was in Shepherd, I was consumed with wanting to walk again. That's, I was going to leave there, I was going to walk. Well, I've got a, about an inch and a half gap where my spinal cord doesn't touch each other. There's no chance I'm going to walk. But Instead of looking at me and saying, give up that, that dream, give, you know, don't, you know, you should, you should just give up on, on thinking you want to walk, they, they didn't take that route. They looked at me and said, all right, well, if you want to keep working hard and try to stay physically, you know, fit or trying, trying to, that's fine, but don't sacrifice today. Today, look at what challenges lie right in front of you today and, and don't sacrifice them. Complete those challenges, go after those, and put all your energy towards that right now. And, but you can keep searching or looking for things in the long term, but don't sacrifice today. You know, face your challenges right now, which is what my cousin thought that would be a great title for the book, Challenge in the Moment. How about that? Well, that, that is a great title, uh, and it's so appropriate to what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I tell young people, remember who you are. You are still an awesome person. That has not changed. And I have so many people I know with quadriplegia that are successful, working at a high level, uh, and in Congress. Don't forget about Congressman Langevin. So, I mean, they, you don't give up. You don't think different of yourself. Uh, it's a, you know, a new way you're going to live, but can it be a great way you're going to live? But you can't give up. You cannot. That's why I always have people talk to other people that are living with quadriplegia, extremely successful, uh, one of which, for example, Kelly Buckland is the CEO of Nickel in Washington, D.C., so well-known, and he is such a powerhouse. Uh, He had an accident. He's living with quadriplegia. And there isn't anything that could stop him. He's like a fireball and... uh, 
and so will you be, but you have to believe in yourself. And with that, hey, before we end the show today, we're going to go to our last break. If you just joined us, we've been talking to Michael Kill, who is the author of Challenge the Moment, uh, which you can purchase on Amazon. And we'll be talking to him to end the show in a few minutes. But right now, we're going to get ready and go to break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Michael. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Every Saturday morning, listen for the Superstar Sports Talk Block on Voice America Variety. We've got the best programs. If you want to talk football, hunting, outdoors, racing, and more, the weekends belong to sports. And you'll find it every Saturday beginning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You'll hear from the players, owners, experts, and fans from around the world. It's the Saturday Superstar Sports Talk Block. Wow, that's a mouthful. And it's only on the Voice America Variety. Channel. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hi, welcome back everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for following the show. We have been talking today to Michael Kill, author of Challenge the Moment and Rehab Specialist for the Hiram G. Andrews Center in Pennsylvania. A question I didn't get to ask you that I wanted to ask, Michael, is how did people treat you? Were there people that treated you differently, not just friends like people you encountered after the accident? Uh, yes, but not for very long. Uh, I, I've become rather good at um, uh, squashing that pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people out there that will approach, if I'm at dinner, they'll approach the person I'm with and ask them what I would like to eat. Um, I use, I, again, I use humor, and I use it well. Um, I disarm people and make them more comfortable because I'm looking to change their minds. I'm not looking to beat them over the head when they make a mistake like that, and, it, and it's really effective. Um, as far as friends and family, um, I made sure that was clear that I hadn't changed really quickly uh, from early on. I, we started doing things together and taking, uh, like I said, turning things into adventures from the get-go um, uh, after some struggles, but, uh, but early on it was evident that they shouldn't treat me any differently. Uh, I used to love to tell people, limits are for the limited. Let someone else at that. Yeah, you know, that is that is so uh, wonderful. You have that attitude. But I have to be honest with you. When I have been talking since 1995, when I founded Bender Consulting Services as a for-profit company focusing on the employment of people with disabilities, all those years... When I say what not to say, one of the examples I give is, and don't go to a table if you're the waiter or waitress and look at the other person, not the person with the disability and say, what would he or she like to eat? When I hear you say that, I think, "Ah, how can that still be happening though? How is that still happening? Um, I guess, as I just said before, lack of education. Uh, but well, if it, I, if it helps, it does not happen near as often as it used to. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It still happens, though, to other friends. Unfortunately, yeah. But thank goodness we've made a lot of uh, progress in that area. Hey, um, I think we have. How, I think we have uh, tremendously. How about young people with disabilities in general, not just quadriplegia, who are bullied frequently at school. What, what advice do you have for them? Um, that being unique is something awesome. Uh, that's, that's what makes us human. That's what makes this planet great, being, having something that's a little different from the person next to you. How miserable would it be if we were all, all walking around or rolling around or crawling around exactly the same way, looking the same way, thinking the same way? That would be miserable. Now, if you're a little bit different... That's something to embrace. Um, if you've got someone giving you grief, find your voice. Find your voice. Step up to them first if you need support. Look to your support. And if you don't get it from where you should, start climbing the ladder and look for support above them. I love that. Find your voice. I love that. And, you know, I hope you listen to Michael. Because if you don't tell someone, friend, and if friend doesn't work, 
teacher, and if teacher doesn't work, uh, principal or parent or uh, clergy or coach, you've got to tell someone. You can't do it on your own. You've got to tell someone. Because if you are someone being brutally bullied, it doesn't stop. You have to tell. You have to tell. And uh, so that I love that find your voice, uh, Michael. That's a great message for young people living with disabilities. So, Michael, what message do you have for our listeners today? Uh, well, I'm going to use a, a quote that I love. Uh, part of the reason I love it is I, my little sister taught it to me by Kurt Hahn. If there's, there's more in us than we know. If we can be made to see it, then perhaps for the rest of our lives, we'll be unwilling to settle for less. For people out there with disabilities, don't settle for less. Don't ever, let, don't ever settle for less. Don't lower the bar of self-expectation. Self and don't let others lower it of you. you know, go reach out there. Take a chance. Take a shot. For, if you know someone with a disability, encourage them. Encourage them. To support them. A, a little taste of empowerment will lead to a thirst for independence, and it just cascades after that. Uh, and who, who said that? Who's that from? The quote. Kurt Hahn. Well, I got to tell you something. So true. And that's at Bender. We have a message, and that is no pity. So I so agree with that. Don't lower the bar. Don't settle. Don't lower the bar. Well, first of all, Michael, thank you for being with us. Again, if you want to catch that book, Challenge the Moment on Amazon, available now, Kindle and paperback. Thank you for being with us, Michael. Thanks for having me, Joyce. I really appreciate it. And here we are. We end every show with a quote. And here we are kicking off 2020, 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I'm going to work very hard to remind you of that with quotes on my show throughout the year. So we have to start with this. Let the shameful wall of exclusion finally come tumbling down, said President George H.W. Bush at the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act 30 years ago. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.